Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Under the Ring, Pro Wrestling Conversations. My name is Phil Strum. Excited to be joined today by Damian Priest from WWE and The Judgment Day. Damien has done some very cool things in his tenure in WWE, from his cool, dark persona in NXT forever, and his rivalry with Finn Bauer, to teaming with Grammy Award winner Bad Bunny, a well-regarded WrestleMania match with The Miz and John Morrison, to what he's doing right now with the group The Judgment Day over on Monday Night Raw. As of recording this, it wasn't yet official, but I would imagine Damien will likely be in action in some form at Money in the Bank, the pay-per-view which takes place Sunday at the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas. So right now, here's my interview with Damien Priest. So happy to have with us here the one and only Archer of Infamy from WWE and the Judgment Day. Damien Priest with us here on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. Damien, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. We'll start with the current things you're up to in WWE. You're a member of a group, first with Edge and Rhea Ripley, now with Finn Balor and Rhea. What has that story been like for you to tell, and and how do you think you and Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley complement each other uh, now you're being presented as equals in the group? Yeah, this whole thing has been super cool. You know, uh, being a focal point of the show is never a bad thing, right? (laughs) So I've enjoyed it a lot. You know, I got to spend some time alongside Edge and learn from him. And now, you know, like you said, you know, now being that the group has transitioned into an all equals thing, um, I'm looking forward to it. Rhea, myself and Finn, we have like good chemistry and, and we, we get along really well. And when we talk on ideas and whatnot, everything just flows like we're always on the same page. So I, I, this is going to be good. This is uh, going to work out really well for us. What is Edge like to work with and collaborate with? He's somebody that's been around for so long and, and has, has seen so much. Uh, he's somebody, he's a wizard when it comes to this business, you know, and somebody, whenever you get to work with like legends and Hall of Famers and, you know, just guys that have been in this business on, on a hot, top level for a long time, it, it, it's like it's so easy for them as far as, you know, simplifying things and, and making you understand, you know, what the goal is and what the purpose of a segment is and whatnot. So uh, for me, it it was great just seeing how he simplifies things and and it's easier to just focus and make everything you do in the best way possible. As I was looking some things up before this interview, I realized, and I don't know why I didn't realize it sooner, you have a ton of history with Finn Balor. Like almost every stop you've had along NXT and WWE, he's been there in some form as your opponent. Uh, what what is he like to create with? I mean, I remember that big moment in NXT. I believe you got dropped on the the steel steps on your back, and that was yeah. a big turning point for you too. So, just what's it been like with Finn? Awesome, uh, another one. He's man, he's so talented. So, uh, and every time we're in the ring, whether we've teamed or face each other, it, it's always good. It's always, you know, like it's my favorite part of working, you know, when you have good chemistry with somebody, and you know, somebody's on a, on a top level and they push you and, and you make you better. Like you have no choice but to, 
you know, raise the bar uh, for yourself when you're in the ring with somebody like that. So for me, it's since the first day I worked with him, uh, since the first day I met him, uh, it's been all positiveness and and I, I enjoy working with Finn. Was that all NXT when you first uh, interacted with him? Yeah. The first time I ever interacted with him, the first time we ever met was in NXT. And I know uh, Rhea Ripley has mentioned that she's greatly influenced by the music that she listens to you. Are you, are you the same with that? Yeah, yeah. We, we've talked about it because we like a lot of the similar bands and whatnot. Um, I'm a big rock and heavy metal guy. So, um, yeah, naturally, you know, it's usually you tend to kind of lean towards your musical interests as far as, you know, the way you speak, the way you dress, the way you act. So a huge, huge part of Damien Priest is, you know, has to do with music. What's currently on your playlist? Uh, I have a range of things, you know, from Metallica to Soilwork and Megadeth and Slayer and Judas Priest. And so I'm all over the place with new and old stuff. And and all three of you individually had such interesting look looks and entrances. And I, I was kind of wondering about the process that leads to kind of what the what the general vibe of the Judgment Day is, both in like the entrance and the gear and the even the, the you know the suits and stuff like that too. What's what's that been like, and what's that process like, both with WWE and with them? Well, with them, it's it's super cool because, like I said, we're it's crazy how we're on the same page all the time, you know. Uh, when we're gonna go out there, and it's kind of like we don't have to discuss like what should we wear. It's it's like we're doing the suits, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's what I figured, you know, and, and it's kind of cool. Um, and we're big fans of the presentation. You know, the three of us, we're pretty much the same as that way too, where we we think it's really important, you know, where, you know, our gear has to be important, our the lighting has to be important, you know, just the walk has to be important, everything. Like, we're very into the presentation side of things. And obviously working with, with the WWE, it, it, it's cool because they're, they're willing to kind of work with us with that because, you know, to them, it's also important. So the, the process of our, of the way we look and, and just the way we're presented is it's one of the cooler ones uh, that, that we get to do here, you know, as far as the judgment day is concerned. Yeah. And I thought that whole purple light and everything like that on, on the episode of Monday night raw, where you guys had the backstage uh, interview on the, on the, on the Tron just looked so cool. And it was such a cool image to be able to, you know, see pop up. Um, so you had a unique path to WWE, starting in the Monster Factory and then Ring of Honor before landing in NXT and all, you know ultimately the main roster. Now, kind of describe how your persona evolved over time, how your in-ring wrestling evolved over time, and were there influences along the way? You know, people that were kind of your go-tos. Yeah, so I, I mean, I have a lot of go-tos, but um, you know, when you get to speak to people um, in person, you know, when Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and Coach Bloom, and then you have you know extra like legends coming in to coach like Undertaker and Scott Hall that did a few times you know um, X Pac. <clears throat> it, it's easier to kind of then after speaking to them, then watch them and study a little bit and see what they're talking about when they give you advice you know. But um, my road was long, <laughs> um, you know, like you said, started at the Monster Factory and and it was cool just you know, trying out things. And then when I was in Ring of Honor, you know, doing uh, like that evil character. And, and, and it was neat because it, it taught me like how to, you know, portray different ranges and what I was trying to do. And, you know, like it was all kind of a learning experience to get me here. And even my time at NXT where then, you know, Triple H kind of wiped all that. And he was like, just be you, you know, and, and just turn up the volume. And that was fun. And 
and now I'm kind of like a combination of all of it, you know, and, and I feel like this is, this is one of the most comfortable times that I've ever felt within the business. So um, it, it kind of, everybody and everything guided me to where I am today. And it's kind of cool. Like looking back and I'll watch old, look at old pictures or watch old matches. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy how this has changed. And, and even my new style to, to your point um, has changed over time, you know, just, I thought I had to do so much and, and go out there and do, you know, ridiculous things all the time. And you don't, it, it, it's, you know, here now at this level, it's, it's kind of more of what can people follow? What's the story? And, and, you know, you, you figure out certain things that you thought were important aren't. So it, it, the whole learning experience and getting to where I am today was very enjoyable. And it's one of those things that I wouldn't change anything, you know, even the bad stuff. So, uh, and I'm appreciative of everybody that helped me along the way. And I wanted to ask you about the Scott Hall influence. I'm glad you brought him up, actually. You know, the I, you did the uh, the surfer walk after he uh, died, and you also do your own version of the Razor's Edge. And I was going to kind of ask you about your interactions with him. Obviously, you got to an NXT, but also just seeing doing that after being, you know, a fan of his, because I think a lot of people, <laughs> myself included, are were big fans of his. Yeah, he... Um... He's just, he was just as cool as the character. I'll tell you that much. They were, I mean, so in a way, it wasn't really a character. It was just him. Um, I remember meeting him at NXT. He came in as a guest coach. And, you know, I got to watch some of my matches back with him, you know. And it, that experience alone, it's it's so cool, you know. And again, like you, one of my idols. And now he's giving me advice, sitting down with me, watching my matches and, you know, pointing out stuff and trying to, make it better and then i me asking him yo would it be cool if i did the walk and the you know the, the razor's edge and he was like yeah man he was anything that that remind people of me you know <laughs> uh so super cool guy and I, i'm i'm glad i got to spend some time with him you know and then when i would see him after that even when i was i mean it's monday night raw he was always you know hey what's going on brother you know like he would come up to me and it, it super cool um Love the fact that I got to, you know, have that time with him. Um, not everybody gets to meet their, some of their heroes and whatnot. So I was, this was definitely a positive one. And I, I'm glad I got to spend a little time with him. Yeah. And even just outside of the personal, I can think of nobody better to kind of teach what a big man can do in the ring. And for you guys, you guys are similar body types, similar height. You know, it, it's it's a lot of the same stuff. So you could, I could see how that could be kind of a connection too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for, uh, exactly. Like the similarities, you know, where he would say, see, see, because you're so long, do this, do it this way. He was going to look better. You know, like that's the type of stuff I'm talking about. And he was great with that. And I still to this day watch his stuff and study because um, he's so good, you know, for what he did. And it was all about the moments for him and, and you know, just making everything mean something. So, yeah, Scott was the man. So at WrestleMania in 2021, you had one of the most unique roles, tag teaming with Bad Bunny to face The Miz and John Morrison. And many people thought Bad Bunny, and of course it's a credit to you and also to your opponents, that he was one of the better celebrity performers ever. Uh, what was he like to work with? What did you think of his attitude and his aptitude? And and what can other people that might be jumping into WWE later on from the outside learn from, from what he was able to accomplish? Uh, to learn is if you're going to do this and you want to be successful, even if it's for one match or whatever, you got to commit yourself, which is what he did. Um, I, I've, I was so impressed. I think everybody was impressed by that, you know, internally, just his commitment to making sure, um, he delivered, 
you know, and he didn't want to embarrass himself. He didn't want to embarrass his family, his friends, his fans, and he didn't want to embarrass our business. You know, that was a big thing for him. Um, he wanted to earn the respect of everyone, you know, fans and the locker room alike. So he moved all the way to uh, Orlando, close to the Performance Center, uh, just so he could train, you know, multiple days a week. I mean, he was training four or five days a week for a couple months straight, you know, uh, he literally literally changed his life just to this, dedicated himself to wrestling um, just to make sure um, it worked out. Um, I've never seen anything like that, you know, especially when it comes to celebrities. Um, they're usually here to promote something and, and, you know, and, you know, work, collaborate on something. Him, his was more, I want to do the wrestling and that's it, you know, and it, it was pretty cool. And he had a good head, uh, you know, the entire time where, you know, he, he was thrilled to be there and he worked hard. You know, he showed up on time or early to train and stay later and talk, ask questions and, you know, took his and took his bumps and, and, and he got it hard. Like we didn't take it easy on him, but he would keep getting up and, you know, and wanting to do things right. And it was pretty cool to, to experience that process with him. I recall hearing that you were from similar parts of Puerto Rico, from the same part of Puerto Rico. Was that, was that right? Yeah. We, so just funny enough, we, uh, I was raised in the same town he was born in. Um, I have a family member that was uh, a middle school, uh, a teacher that taught his brother <laughs> so yeah, it's a small world man it's a small world and even smaller island yeah seriously did you end up becoming a fan of his music i, I know it's maybe not your uh wasn't really maybe your musical vibe but uh yeah so i really i mean i knew who he was obviously and, and i had heard his music so now i probably listen to his music a lot more now than i did then so because you know when you become friends with somebody you, you want to support and now you know you start to enjoy it and, and whatnot the more you listen to it so i, I think hundred percent. I became more of a fan of the music side uh, after we we formed a relationship. And he's somehow become an even bigger star since since then too, which is insane. Unreal. Um, so you were recently part of the Puerto Rican Day Parade in uh, New York City. Uh, just wanted to kind of talk to you about how your how, how does your heritage impact your work in wrestling? So it, it's crazy. Like it, the dream was just wrestling, you know, and being a WWE superstar. Uh, I, I didn't realize the platform I would have. And then now, you know, and I look at other people, how they use the platform to better, you know, to kind of create awareness of their culture and their background. So when I realized that that was a thing, I, I was on board and I, I love the idea of that aspect that I could, you know, raise awareness to our culture and, you know, uh, being invited to something like the Puerto Rican Day Parade is you know, it's the biggest cultural parade of the year in the United States, period. So being an ambassador, too, I, I, this is such an honor. Um, I couldn't believe when I was asked. I was like, is this for real? <laughs> you know, I used to go to the parade every year as a kid. So to, to be on the other side and, and to have that role, I mean, it's, it's special. And, and again, it's an honor to represent our people. Um, you know, I try to do it to the best of my abilities, you know, as far as being a proud, you know, Puerto Rican and American. So um it's it's wild like that that to me that was one of the coolest things i've done since being a part you know being a part of the wwe uh that uh that'll cherish that forever very good and so you were born in puerto rico raised in new york uh, opposite i was born in new york raised oh. in puerto rico so would, you were if you watched uh pro wrestling wwe when you were younger was it in puerto rico or in new york i or started both? yeah yeah both i started in puerto rico uh I would spend the summers with my dad in New York and then back to Puerto Rico. 
And then once I was a little older, uh, I moved straight moved to New York. And then, you know, there on, I just stayed up there. But um, yeah, but my first love for this business started in Puerto Rico. So it was like Carlos Colon and those kind of guys that you were watching back then. So I did watch them as well because they had, you know, they had their own uh, promotion in Puerto Rico. But I was still a big WWE guy. Even then I would watch, you know, superstars and and, uh, whatever shows that, you know, Saturday Night Main Event, whatever was available at the time um, to watch. I, I was we were always, you know, all the kids in the neighborhood, like we all had our times that we had to watch the wrestling and then go out and. And mimic what we just watched, <laughs> which is what they always tell you not to do. <laughs> exactly, we did exactly what we were supposed to do. Very good. So we're going to move to something we call the three count. It's going to be three quick questions and uh, and your answers to them. So first one. So you are the archer of infamy. Have you ever actually done archery? If so, how did you do? And do you like it? Uh, I do. I own a couple bows. Um, I enjoy it very much. You know, I practice one you know just randomly whenever i want I, i'll put up a target in my backyard and i'll just you know shoot a few arrows and i enjoy it very much and i'm okay at it i want to say i'm great or good i'm just okay have you ever done voiceover work and what commercial would sound 10 times better with damien priest introducing it yes <laughs> i've never done voiceover work um i don't know i feel like some type of like hair product <laughs> <laughs> Because you, you definitely have the voice for it. I, I think that, that, that's clear. And uh, finally, uh, you know, if if you could just come out to any uh, song by any, you know, favorite kind of uh, musical act of yours, what, what song would uh, represent Damien Priest well and, and why? Oh, man, that's, that's wild. If any song I would go with, uh, maybe For Whom the Bell Tolls by Metallica. Uh, I mean, the name of the song will tell you, you know, basically it's representing what, what's about to happen to my opponent. The, the vibe of it, it's great. It has the bells, which is kind of be a little throwback and reminder of Undertaker, you know, kind of a tribute. Um, and it's like, it was, it sounds like it was made to be a theme song for a wrestler just because it has such a long intro. Um, and yeah, uh, that would be my choice. Did you ever come out to that before WWE? No, no. Surprisingly, I never. Um, I, I used the only song I used with bells was "A Touch of Evil" by uh, Judas Priest, which is another good one. Um, but no, I never used uh, uh, the "From the Bell Tolls." Interesting. It's it's amazing when we had Rhea Ripley on the show how how much we veered into music and and talking about the the influences on that. She was talking about her stomp and her entrance and everything and, yeah. and where that came from. So it, it's fun to hear what you know those other influences are that kind of come from outside the. The wrestling uh, realm, I guess you could say. Yeah, totally. So, uh, Damien, thank you so much for joining us today on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. Really enjoyed this, uh, and, and and good luck to you for everything you're doing moving forward. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us today on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. I'd like to thank Damien Priest for taking the time to be with us today. I'd also, like to thank Adam Hopkins from WWE for his help with the show. Join us next week where our guest will be someone I am very familiar with. One half of the now, the one and only Vic Delicious. If you don't know Vic's story in pro wrestling, you should. One of the things I really wanted to accomplish with this program is interesting talks with interesting human beings who just so happen to be pro wrestlers. So I've known Vic for over 14 years. He suffered probably the worst injury I've ever seen in pro wrestling in person. 
and had a long and arduous struggle of the problems before a recent comeback where he's arguably in the best shape of his life and maybe doing his best work. Now, you can say. Uh, if you like what we're doing, subscribe. If you really like what we're doing, leave us a positive review over on Apple. And until next week, have a great week, everyone.